Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper Podcast. Your host, Greg, will have smart discussions with friends, experts, and thought leaders on customer experience, transformation, and leadership. Please follow this podcast on your preferred platform. I am sure you will enjoy the next episode with the guest I selected for you. Ladies and gentlemen, today it's really, really a big pleasure because I have Lee Oton together with me on the CX Goalkeeper podcast. Hi, Lee. How are you? I'm very well, Greg. How the devil are you, sir? Super happy and super thrilled to start the discussion with you about agility. But before we deep dive in this interesting topic that everybody is speaking about, and I think we need also clarity about that, uh, we would like to learn more about you. And therefore, as usual, I ask my guests to introduce themselves. Could you please do that? Yeah, of course I will. So my name is Lee Horton. Um, I'm co-founder of a business called Get Knowledge and primarily we champion people in the improvement equation. Um, it's all about the people um, for us. We set up a business about five years ago, uh, primarily coaching, uh, but, but we do offer some training and consultancy as well. But it's all about business improvement, but for, with a people lens um, as opposed to maybe some of the uh, some of the, the technology that is uh, that is out there. I mean, we uh, yeah, champion people in the improvement equation is probably the easiest way to articulate what we do and how we help. I think that's it's very connected with what we are doing, customer experience professional, focus on uh, on people, 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 and trying to improve the experiences of, of our customers. And Absolutely. therefore, super thrilled to, to deep dive. Perhaps um, to learn a bit more about you and to get some insights about you, which values drive you in life? Yeah, this is a, this is a great question. And um, there's, there's a few... Um, there's a few. So for, for the business, we've got four values, which are fun, authenticity, trust, and, and occurring and trust. And you spell like the word fact. And and, and where they came from um, is, is a place of, of what's really important to me and, and my business partner. Because um, I lost my best mate five, nearly five years ago now, and he left me with three lessons. Um, and those three lessons were always be yourself, make good friends, and, and recognize that time is limited. And so those are the three things that really, really drive me now. Because I spent the last five years um, understanding what they mean to me, um, and and they've they've manifested themselves in in um, our business uh, values as fun, authentic, caring, and trust. But for me, it's about always being myself. Um, it's about making good friends and connections and relationships, and it's about acting now because time is limited. So those three things really have have shaped my life over the last five years when I've started to really understand what they mean for me. And it's taken me uh, losing my best mate to really start to understand myself more. Um, so, yeah, so th those, those are, are what I'm trying to, to live and, uh, and do better every day. Thank you very much for sharing your story, for the courage of sharing the story. And uh, sorry, because uh, I'm really sorry to, to hear that. But that's that's life, and as we know, time is is the big question. How much time we still we still have on on this right. earth, and uh, we are gifted to to be here and trying to do something relevant for us and for for other people. But you shared also in the pre discussion something interesting that I have something in common with your son. Perhaps you can quickly share that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so when um, when I realised that there was an opportunity to, to speak with you today, and I saw the title, the title of the podcast, and I've listened to a few episodes, and it's called the CX Goalkeeper. My boy is nine years old, and um, about four years ago, 
he he fell in love love with football um and he fell in love with the position of goalkeeper so for the last four to five years um i've been have i've got a, a deeper interest and a, a, a really deep interest in in goalkeeping um through through my boy so here he's my retirement plan if all goes well um, in in ten years' time, I can retire because he is a Premier League international goalkeeper. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, yeah, that's that's why I was really drawn to this podcast as well. It's just because of the, the affinity I've got with, with with goalkeepers now, which I which I never realised I, I would have as much. But yeah, it's good, really good. From my deepest heart, I hope that for you and for your son, but this is also something that my sister was hoping to retire without working because <laughs> I was a goalkeeper. But um, now I am the CX goalkeeper. Let's say if you are on the podcast, then I have more success with this podcast than uh, than with my former career as a goalkeeper. <laughs> now, joke aside, you said also something really interesting. A goalkeeper as should also be quite agile and yes. therefore I am super keen to kick off this discussion and learn more from your private life and from your business life. Uh, what's your definition of agility? Yeah, so and this one we think of goalkeeper as well. It's um, the, the traditional definition of agility is to move quickly and easily. And we often think that the goalkeeper is the one that is the most agile um on the football pitch because they move quickly and easily and they've got to dive all, all over the place. But I don't really think that that's the, the most important thing when we think about agility. I think agility for me is about thinking and moving freely and easily towards a goal. So, and I, I think there's some subtle differences in, in the two. So if I think about the traditional agility, it's about moving and quickly, moving quickly, and easily and, and that's just that's just movement but to, to truly know where we should be moving then we've got we've got to think better so we've got to think and move but we've got to move freely not necessarily quickly but freely and easily towards the goal towards a destination um and and for me that is success we will never ever achieve true agility we will never think and move freely and easily towards a goal well, that's perfectly acceptable. And I think the realisation that actually, are we challenging people to think better? Are we challenging them to think more? Are we, are we challenging them to move? Are we challenging them to be free? Are we challenging them to move easily? And anytime any friction occurs within any of those four words that I've just said towards a particular destination, then it's an opportunity to get better, an opportunity to learn, an opportunity to improve. And I think for me, that's what agility is about. It's about that's the destination. That's that's what we're trying to achieve. Um, and we want to do that that sentence that I've just said. But it's about how we navigate that, how we truly understand what is getting in the way of our people's thinking and movement. Um, so yeah, that, that for me is what agility is about. It's not necessarily about the destination. It's about how we get there and the things that, that prevent us from getting there. And reflecting what you said at the beginning, that the goalkeeper needs to be agile to jump left, right, yeah. and so on. But I think an important uh, characteristics of, of goalkeepers is also to be extremely agile in, in their head, yes. to understand and reading in advance what will happen, because you need to find the right position. You need to help your teammates pay attention. This could happen, that could happen, go on the left, go on the right. And therefore, I, I really love that you brought me to think really about agility of a goalkeeper, because 
what always we preach is a lot of companies say that they are agile, but they are not really agile because they are not agile in their mindset and their way of thinking. And yes. now with this example, uh, it, it's it's cl quite clear. Uh, goalkeepers need to be agile, and I always use this um, comparison: a goalkeeper with a CX professional. And also, this is an important characteristic to read in advance what will happen, so that you can really prepare prepare very well. Yeah, I love that. That's 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 the key part, isn't it? So it's like um. So when when I watch my boy um training, he's he's trying to look at whether the whether the attacker is lifting his foot and then he's moving to that position or where the ball is. Um, and then he's reacting to that. Should he come out? Should he stay? Um, and it's not just about standing on your line and diving to the left or diving to the right. In in, in true, um, I guess, agile definition, it's about the thing before. It's about making those decisions and thinking about the right thing to do. And so, yeah, I think there's a lot of synergy between goalkeeping and agility. I mean, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, it re really, really good, really good. And my mind's gone all sorts of different places just with the, with the links between both of them. Really powerful. Let's say today I'm not the CX goalkeeper, but I'm the agile goalkeeper. Or we can start a new podcast together about yeah. agility <laughs> and goalkeeping. Yeah, yeah let's do it. <laughs> no, thank you very much. Uh, perhaps um, also in, in your business, how do you leverage agility in in the projects that you are doing in delivering the, the, what what your customers are, are asking you? Yeah, I think it's a great great question for a number of reasons, um, Greg. Because I think the word project um, defines a start, uh, um, makes you think about a particular start and a particular stop. But agility should continue, should continue beyond the project. And I think when we think about when we think about thinking, just just with the word project, it's it's defined. So how does it help us? I guess it's about it's about removing the barriers of the start and the stop. It's about actually the the day that the the project ends in it. I guess on the Gantt chart is actually the day that you truly understand whether you're agile, whether you truly understand whether you've got agility, whether people are really actually thinking and moving freely and easily towards that goal by themselves without the, the external support coming in to help them. But can they actually think and move freely and easily towards that goal by themselves? And for me, that is the focus of, of everything we do. It's got to be sustainable. And the only way it's sustainable is if you focus on the habits. We were, you were talking about goalkeeping then, about um, where you stand, um, how you position, what you think about, uh, where the attacker is, where the ball's coming through. Those are cues for a particular routine or for a particular habit to occur. And I think that's what we've got to achieve. We've got to go down to a habitual level within an organisation and, and work with all people to understand what the cue, the routine and the reward is for that based on that, that, the habit loop or habit cycle. And that's how it helps because if it is truly going to be sustainable, then after the project ends, everybody will be thinking and moving freely and easily towards the goal, overcoming the stuff that's getting in the way. Um, and I think that's what's really important. 
And uh, I think what, what you're saying, it, it's, it's really interesting because there is one um, really uh, well-known trainer that is saying after the game is before the game. And if you, in this project, if you can create this mindset and you set these habits, then also for the older projects that the, or initiatives, if you are in an agile way of, of, of speaking, in the older initiatives, you can leverage what you learned and you can, can continue to develop what you did and what and also the, the new stuff. I think this is really, really interesting. I listened to um, I listened to I, I listened to a lot of books and um, I listened to a book the other, the other day for the second or third time and I heard a quote at the end of it. It was it's a book by um, Chip and Dan Heath called Switch and it's an amazing amazing change management book and it has a lot of practical advice in it. And at the end of the book, it said um, there's no single moment when a monkey learns to ride a skateboard and and it's like when a child learns to walk. There is a single moment when they might take the first step, um, but they've not learned to walk. They've learned to walk with all of the little things that they've done, the, the positive reinforcement, the the, um, the encouragement that they've had. And then afterwards, they're going to then take another step and they're going to do two steps, three steps, four steps. They're going to get faster, more confident, more competent. They're going to start running. Um, they're growing. And, and so there's no single moment when somebody, when a monkey learns to ride a skateboard, or there's no single moment when... Um, a team or a business or a department or a person becomes agile. It's a continue. It's a continuum, and we just get better at doing what we're doing. And that's why I think the projects. Some people, a lot of people, are focused on just delivery in that moment and success is getting to the end of it, um, and turning everything green, and then we're all all right. But if you have actually have a continuum, continual focus, then that. that it will be sustainable, will be more successful and will be amazing for the people. And thinking also about the, the, the first baby step, the, the, the steps that a baby is, is doing and try to learn. And this is only one initiative of the baby, of, of the child. And at the same time, is he learns to eat, he learns to speak and so on. And I think exactly what you're saying, this uh, try and fail, try and fail, try and fail, but continuing, continuously doing that with encouragement of, of the family, of others, seeing how others are, are doing that, it really extremely helps, helps grow, growing and then really doing the stuff in the, in, the, in the right manner. Yeah, absolutely. We forget about that when we, as soon as we walk into work though, we forget about the lessons that, the, those that are nearest and dearest to us, they were the ones that we help and support to, to develop every single day and be better human beings, that, that we help them learn to walk and speak and all, all of those things. But when we, when we walk through the door in the, in, into our work environment, we seem to forget those lessons and we become so focused on projects, define, start, stop, business, all, all of that stuff, rather than focusing on the whole and just people getting better every single day. Um, and I think that's what's really important. Because a lot of people point fingers at, at leaders, but leaders are people as well. And, and and they don't necessarily have the same opportunities to learn and get better every single day as well. And, and I think it, we need learning environments, learning organizations, as opposed to those that just do um, independent projects that are for, to solve a particular problem. We're solving a bigger problem in reality. We're solving a bigger opportunity and, and that's continual learning and making those things um, acceptable. I um, you, you, I've just sparked a thought in my mind as well. Is that, that 
there's, there's four words, uh, failure, challenge, conflict, and problems. But when I say those words, people think that those are negative. People think that, that actually those are really, really bad. Well, they're the most positive words that we should be encouraging in an organization. So if I go back to when you asked me the question about agility and about thinking and moving freely and easily, um, if we come up against a problem, if we come up against a challenge, if we come up against any conflict, if we come up against um, any of those things while trying to achieve that, then we need to just work through it, overcome it, raise our hand and flag it up and, and deal with it. And we try to tend to, to, to kind of steer away from it. And those are, those are bad things, but they're not the really positive. And those are what we need to expose and make acceptable if we're truly going to become agile organizations. It's, it's, it's incredible what you're saying and coming back, back also to, to the learning topic. Uh, there is a, a great uh, comparison also to, to soccer or to football for our European friends. Um, there, think about uh, a, a team. The team trained all week to play 90 minutes. It means training and learning, is they spend most of their time on training and learning for that event at, on Sunday or on Saturday. And therefore, I think that's, that's also extremely important. How much time do we really invest in companies learning uh, this new way of working, learning what, what needs to be done, learning soft skills, what you are saying, and how we are treating other people? That's, that's, that's a big, big topic that, that it's extremely important. Absolutely. And it's everybody learning, not just those that are doing the job. Because leaders, I'll come back to, are always, they have the, the, the finger of blame pointed at them. Um, oh, we just need new leaders. We need um, we need to get rid of him or her and bring in somebody new. But have we really allowed them to learn? Um, the leader's playground is the real world. Uh, and so them, and, and yeah, so I think, there's huge, huge opportunities for the for the right organisations to do this proper, um, and it just comes down to looking at it on, a, on a habitual level and on a thinking level um, to to really engage our people in what's important. I think you are really um, touching the, the most important or the core of agility. It's not this tool or that tool or how do you do workshops, but it's the way our people are living how people behave how people are thinking and you shared a lot of uh, advantages of of this way of working perhaps uh, to be to think also from from the other side um thinking about shareholder expectation thinking about quarterly result and so on often uh, people and companies and leaders are saying yes you started with this agility but i want to know when this project goes live because it's relevant for our uh, shareholder it's relevant for for our partner and you cannot always say we are working on a minimum viable product and we try to improve 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 i want to say when it's live when we can stop and i can take your budget away and doing something different um, how do you cope with this with this type of mindset and this let's say ad disadvantages that people are discussing about yeah, i think that's, a, that's another great question greg because so we've got a model and we, we call it the best model um and not be well, we do like it, and we do think it's what, like a really good model, but because the best spells something. Um, and, and traditionally, so the T stands for targets. Those are the things that you're talking about there around um, revenue, profit, shareholder value, all, all of those things. Are, and it might be um, production targets, any any kind of targets, business targets is the, is the T part of it. And then what, what creates those business targets is 
customer satisfaction. So the S part of um, of the best model is satisfaction. So satisfaction drives business targets. Um, and that's been proven time and time again. And then in the last five years, there's been a big movement on employee engagement. And it's been recognized that employee engagement drives customer satisfaction, which drives business targets. Um, and then and then what we've so the last 10 minutes of our conversation has been around what I'd say is the B part of it, and that's leadership behaviors or behaviors in, in an organization. So it's um, leadership behaviors drives um, employee engagement, which drives customer satisfaction, which drives business targets. And different organizations, they start at different levels, dependent upon their maturity and their belief in this model that we're sharing. The easiest place to start is at the top. And that's where everybody's like 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago, everybody goes, we need to save money or we need to improve the quality of this because we, we track that, we track the metrics, we track the measures of that all over the place. So people want that thing to be focused on. And then 15 years ago, when customer satisfaction or customer experience became more prominent, then, then people, more the more mature organizations went, okay, we recognize that this is important, the targets, but we now recognize that the key factor is this thing, the customer satisfaction. So there was a big movement 10 to 15 years ago in this shift towards customer experience and customer satisfaction for the more mature organizations that wanted to do it properly. And then five years ago, between five and 10 years ago, um, health, well-being became more prominent in the market. And then people have made the links between employee engagement, customer satisfaction, um, and, and so on, the more mature um, organizations came with a, an employee engagement strategy. When I say the more mature, those that have actually linked employee engagement to customer satisfaction, customer satisfaction to business targets, not those that are just paying lip service to it. They just think it's it's an aside. It's a, it's a, it's an incentive. It's something to do separate to everything else. And I think now there has been more movement in leadership behavior or people or, or people behavior and the psychology of people. So I think that's the big movement that's happening now. It's about it's about that. So to answer your question with a lot of words is, is what I've done so far. Um, I think it depends on the organization and and if the organization is drawing the lines between the T, the S, the E and the B, then it's far easier if they're open to that and they believe that that's where it is. If um, a business is just trying to satisfy the revenue or improve or reduce the costs without, and they're just looking for individual projects to do so, then that's not sustainable. And they're just, they're just putting sticky plasters on the wrong knee. Um, they're, um, they're, they're just sorting the grazes out, but they're not preventing themselves from cutting, cutting themselves. So I think the, the way to challenge it really is to, is to open their eyes, open their minds, challenge them with that model. First and foremost, that's what we do. We, we, we try to gauge where they are. We, we understand the links in the business to see whether, whether the, where they are, both in terms of the, the metric ability to demonstrate competence, but also the, the I guess, the, the belief system of the leadership team and the language that they're talking. And then with that knowledge, um, we then devise and create the right coaching program to help them. Um, and, and, I, and like I said, everybody's different. Everybody has a different starting point. 
Um, and it, it comes down to making people think. And our role uh, at Get Knowledge really is to, is to get people to think. Um, and then it's up to them whether they choose to think as deeply as we would like them to. It's, it's extremely interesting and I really like this uh, best model. <laughs> and uh, perhaps um, for, for people approaching agility, now you said they should go through, through this, this model, but really for applying some agility principles, wh where should people start? With where they're trying to get to. I think everything, I mean, Stephen Corby in the, in the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People said start with the end in mind, didn't it? And, and that really is the only place to start. Where do you want to get to? Where are you now? And how are you going to get there? That, ha that has to be, in its simplest form, um, um, the, the, the starting point. And, and when I'm talking about where you want to get to, I think it depends on the the team, the department, the business, and at what level that you're introducing um, this, the, I guess, the, the agility. Where, where, which department are you introducing? Or is it organizational-wide? Um, because this can truly be achieved if everybody is pointing and looking in the same direction. Um, one of the first things that we do with an organization is around the vision. And the, the big challenge with visions is there'll be pulled together by marketing people and the board, and they'll have a single sentence that encompasses all of the director's views of, of a real high level, what it is that we're, or where it is that we're trying to get to. But that's meaningless to the person who's in the finance department. It's meaningless to um, the person in the HR department. It's meaningless to the levels in the operations department are more meaningless. And what you have to do is translate that vision in a meaningful way to every layer of the organization. One thing you, you, you may have heard of the five whys in terms of problem solving, um, which is brilliant as a, as a question to ask, to interrogate a process, to understand the root cause. But what we like to ask the five whys for, for different reasons. So we, we, we try to understand why is this initiative important to the board? Why is it important to the senior leadership team? Why is it important to HR? Why is it important to operations? Why is it important to that team leader who um, is in a remote office? Why is it important to... So I, I, it's important that we understand what it means to everybody. When that person, when, when I go into work tomorrow, how does my effort contribute to achievements of that vision, of that destination. So it's it, it, it's not, an, it, I guess it's not the, the most specific answer I could have given, but truly you have to start with where you're trying to get to um, collectively, then translate it in a meaningful way, and then work through the things to get there. It's, it's super interesting what you're saying because we can uh, discuss about that not only specific to a project or to a company, but in general, because let's say perhaps uh, older generation were less attentive about what's the vision, what's the mission, what are the values of the company. 
they did their job and then they went home and they had all the satisfaction perhaps at home. But nowadays, younger generation, they are super attentive about why are we doing that and what's our vision and what's the purpose of the company. And they want to align the purpose of the company, the, the target of a project together with their own targets because then they can say, okay, it's something that I really think it works, it's important, it's I care about that personally and therefore I want to give my best to do that. And I think this is a, a big, big shift that some companies are already doing or are still struggling to do that but this will be will be the future exactly what you are saying explaining why you are doing some stuff in the language of the different departments or of the different peoples and finding at the, at the end a common denominator to bring everybody forward perfect yeah perfect so typically when you see a company vision it's at the t level of the best um model it's about we do this to satisfy the customer we do this to 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 deliver whatever it is and it's at the t level um and then or it might be at the s level because it might be about customer lives. there's a lot of customer centricity isn't there so it might be the s level what you're talking about there is making it relevant at the e level the employee engagement level but then and 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 it's so it's so important really so important to just have this this alignment so that uh, me when i go into work tomorrow i know how my contributions are going to help me get to the, there's that old story, isn't there? The NASA story about the, I think when, um, I can't remember which president it was, but it might have been Nixon, went into NASA and, and asked the cleaner what they were doing and, and their response um, was helping put man on the moon. And there's not enough of that. There's not enough alignment of each individual role and their contribution for helping the, the business get to where they want to get to. And and yeah, and they've got to resonate on a, a they've got a, yeah, Ideally, they've got to really resonate with it in here, in their hearts, and they've got to really care about the mission. Um, I am. Um, I was working with an organisation not so long ago, and one of my challenges of them, I, I asked them, um, are there people engaged? Because um, you can engage people in three ways, I reckon. You can engage the heads, the hands, and the hearts. You engage in the hands if it's on, if it's invaluable work. You can engage. The, the heads by making them think more um, and you can engage the hearts in getting them to truly care about the mission and the vision that you're on and far too many organizations only engage the hands and they only engage them in work not in necessarily valuable work um, so yeah so I think there's we need to strive more to engage our people heads hands and hearts but in valuable work to get towards the destination that we're trying to get to hey, you, you've got you've got me on my soapbox Greg it's incredible it's it's uh, what you are saying now it's i never thought about that but what you're saying it's totally make make sense and and if we work then with our arts then it's 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 something different that if we are only doing something because tom, somebody told us to do that when you think about a goalkeeper the, the sorry i mean uh the the hands are fully engaged they're, they're engaged physically in that role and the, the heads are engaged because they're constantly observing the pitch and seeing where they're going. But the amazing goalkeepers are the ones that love it, the ones that, that really feel that they, they love the team and they love what that stands for and they want to be really successful. So sports people, those successful sports people, are heads, hands and hearts are engaged. But our people in our organisations are not as engaged, which is why we're not as successful as we could be.
I think I will hand over my cap to you and you can continue. (laughs) (laughs) Joke aside, and sorry, we are running out of time. This game is coming to an end, but we are still in the regular time. And the last question for the regular time is, um, I hope that you will come back sooner, but (laughs) the the question is, uh, in 10 years from now, we are back on the CX Goalkeeper podcast. What we are discussing about? Hopefully. Not the same things we're talking about today. I mean, that would be that would be a massive a massive thing. Um, fingers crossed. I would be saying to you, oh, Greg, remember that ten years ago when I was talking about that best model? The E the E S and T now is just a given. It's all about the B and the behaviours. Um, it's about thinking. The thing that we're going to be talking about. So as AI and as technology advances, um, that's taking a lot of our. Um, uh, our thinking we don't need to think about as much as we as we as we currently um as, as we have needed to in the past but it's we will always need to think more and hopefully what we are talking about in 10 years time is how amazing our people are at, at, with our thinking ability um and that comes from and to get to that we need leaders to be asking better questions uh, in fact, actually, I'm just going to share a little one thing. So one challenge, that I, another, another challenge, there's a load of challenges, isn't there? But um, is to, we need to get our people to think think more and then we need them to talk more and we need to reduce the time between those conversations and actions taking place. So we need to reduce the time in organisations from our people thinking to action taking place. And if in 10 years' time we are talking about the amazing thoughts and thinking that we as humans are doing to make today better than yesterday, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. We need to think more. Think more. That's And that's why my definition that I started uh, right at the start of this conversation, which seemed like five minutes ago, but it, I bet it was a lot longer, um, was my definition of agility is thinking and moving freely and easily towards a goal and it starts with thinking that's what we need to get better at and that's what i would love to be talking to you about in 10 years time thank you and i hope that in 10 years time you are retired because you are following your son through the to europe and the world uh, because uh, uh, he's uh, one of the best goalkeeper <laughs> oh I, I, I so wish that was my answer to the question that you asked me i so <laughs> wish that was the answer uh, I'm, uh, amazing cheers greg no, that's great. And now we are the game is finished, but I still have three questions for you in the extra time, the last three minutes of this podcast. The first one, is there a book that helped you during your career or during your life that you would like to suggest to the audience? Yeah, so I've mentioned one already. Um and, and I'll just I'll, I'll say that one again, but then there's another one as well. So I think um Chip and Dan Heath's book switch is an amazing one for anybody that is leading or being part of change. I think it's an absolute must read or listen um, because it just has so many actionable or so much actionable insight for people to use. Uh, the second book, I think, touches on what we're talking the essence of what we're talking about here, and that's The Power of Habit by Charles Druig. Um, he introduces the, um, the habit loop and the habit cycle, cue, routine, reward, and the craving elements of, of all of that. And I think if we can master that, then we're going to create more successful organizations. We all talk about culture, and the definition of culture is the sum of all of the habits. So if we want to change the culture, we've got to change the habits. And I think by reading The Power of Habit by Charles Druig, it'll give some amazing insights into, into, into how to do that. Thank you very much, Lee. And uh, what's the best way to contact you? 
Um, uh, LinkedIn is, is probably the uh, easiest and best way I am on LinkedIn. Or email is lee at getknowledge.co.uk. That's the business. That's what, what I co-founded. And yeah, we're, we're here to, uh, to help champion people in the improvement equation. Lee, now it's time to plug your podcast. Oh, <laughs> yeah, thanks very much. So I do have a podcast as well. I've completely, I'm so engrossed in your pod, um, Greg, I completely forgot I had one. Um, yeah, I've got a podcast, uh, Business Problem Solved. Uh, it's been going for about uh, five years now. And, and it's just a place where often it's it's it it all alternates between me sharing some some thoughts and advice with, with some shorter episodes, but also inviting and speaking to some amazing guests. And hopefully, Greg, you will be one of those guests very soon. Ready to start the game together with you. But now okay. let's conclude this one. Um, the last question is Lee's golden nugget. It's something that we discussed or something new that you would like to leave to the audience. Yeah, I think is that thing, the thing that I've just I just said a, a few minutes ago is around our challenge to become truly agile is to reduce the time between. In fact, actually, there's two metrics. Metric number one: we need to increase the number of thoughts in our people, and metric number two is reduce the time between thought, conversation, and action. It's two metrics that we don't measure in any organisation. Um, but if we did and we were consciously trying as leaders to increase the number of thoughts by asking better questions and reducing the time between thought, conversation and action, then we will be agile. I will never allow myself to comment the golden nugget because this was Lee Golden Nugget to conclude this outstanding podcast. But please, please, dear audience, I found this discussion really interesting. Therefore, post this podcast, go to Lee Podcast Problem Solved, uh, sorry, Business Problem Solved, and subscribe it, follow Lee, because it's it's worth it. It's, uh, it's really great. Thank you very much, Lee, for your time. No, honestly, Greg, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you today. Much appreciated. Thank you, Lee. Please stay with me for the audience. It's everything for today. It was really a great pleasure. As you know, feedback is a gift. You can contact me. You can contact Lee. And if you find this podcast interesting, stop on Apple Podcast and like it or leave us a please a review. Thank you very much and bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth. Subscribe it. Share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget, we are not in a B2B or B2C business, we are in a human-to-human -human environment. Thank you!